I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Colorado in the United States. He's the director at RSM. He was first awarded as MVP in May 2022, so this year, fantastic, or actually might be last year, depending on when you're listening to the show. He focuses on retail and commerce. He loves technology and gadgets. Sounds like a man after my own heart. You can find links to his bio, socials, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Good to have you on. So Colorado, eh? It's the, one of the prettiest places in the U.S., isn't it? Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. We just have great weather. It, it's funny, it'll snow and dump and we'll think for sure we're going to have the snow around for a long time and then the sun will come out and it'll melt and it'll be beautiful. It just snowed a, a few weeks ago. So yeah, very nice place to live. So I take it you're heading into winter now. So are you expecting a lot more snow and, and do you get totally snowed in? You, usually not. So that's one of the nice things, you know, some of the other places in the Midwest, it snows a lot and you're just, you're, you're snowed in and stuck. But fortunately, um, with the Colorado weather, you know, we get a lot of snow in the mountains, but down in the foothills, we ha- have a little bit more space. The sun comes out and the roads clear off and, and we're all set to, to play and go to the park again. Nice, nice. Tell me a bit about food, family and fun. Those things that you do when you're not working. Yeah, sure. Um, food is great. My my favorite food is pizza and spaghetti. Um, so those are always great. It helps because I have three kids as well. Um, a son um, who's seven, a daughter who's five, and my youngest daughter is two and a half. So they keep me busy, and it's you know they like pizza and spaghetti too. So it works out for for all of us. Um, yeah, for fun, I, I like to run. Um, I've run a little less these past couple of years with the pandemic going on, but I like to get out with friends and, and go for a, a run, enjoy the weather. Um, I like to watch movies and, and TV shows, um, as well as play with uh, fun little Arduinos, which are mi- microcontrollers. I have some here behind me, but um, I, that's where I can kind of incorporate uh, technology, you know, combine some software uh, uh, into the physical world with some hardware. And uh, I find that pretty fun. So are you like doing home automation with those or, or what's your use case? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so I actually don't use those for home automation, but I do have kind of hooked up around my house, all my light switches um, hooked up to, you know, our Alexa app and and all the rest. Sorry for it going off anyone's, um, you know, dots that are there. But I love being able to, you know, 
climb into bed and just t- tell you know all the lights to turn off or push that button on my phone instead of doing the the old dance of you know you turn on your nightstand then you go turn off your room light then get back in turn off your nightstand so it's pretty fun and now even my my kids can tell you know the lights to turn off or or the video to pause and um, that's pretty uh, fun and amusing to to watch them being understood as as they get older but they'll even set timers on each other if they're you know playing on a tablet or or something they'll take turns and so they'll set timers for themselves of when they need to switch so it's it's definitely a technology house wow that's so cool that's so cool as in my two-year-old is i think she's just she's just so close to that point of setting the timers and things like that um i think I saw on my network the other day, I think I have 200 odd devices connected now in my home. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> and, my, yep. and my network extends well outside my house. I do my greenhouse is all automated. Um, uh, my workshops are all automated. Uh, I think I've got 11 security cameras outside, all Wi-Fi, you know, uh, and then I've got my wired set of cameras as well. So, yeah, I, I certainly love having the ability to remotely turn on or off anything from anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's it's amazing the you know it, I, I find it it's interesting because sometimes you just introduce a new piece of technology to a very common situation, but all of a sudden it can uh, be a game changer, right? You know, you do something differently and now you never do it the same way again. And I just think that's that's interesting. Sometimes it's a very small, you know, uh, change of idea or technology and, and it can make a huge difference to that situation. So true, so true. How did you, what was your journey into, into technology? What, what was that pathway for you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I have to think a ways back now, but uh, I think, you know, we got a computer when I was a kid. My um, dad actually worked for IBM and switched from working on electronic printers to uh, software. And uh, I, you know, we got the computer and I love just the idea of being able to play with that uh, computer and program. So, you know, I, I started out some very rudimentary programming, not very good, but knew that was just intriguing to me. That's, you know, when you think of Harry Potter, Potter and the Wizards, you know, to me, programming is just magic in a way, um, given enough time to to program that spell. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, since then, I just uh, practiced, took some classes in high school, again, was horrible at it, um, had a lot of help from uh, different fo- friends um, to figure it out, even into college, really was uh, still struggling, but knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I actually got a degree at University of Colorado um, in electrical and computer engineering engineering, and then um, started working and really just have done software ever since. Um, And it kind of based on those early days of having other colleagues mentor me and train me is what 
got me to the place where I am now of just giving back to those people of going, man, I sure had, uh, you know, I sure was blessed by so many people who taught me so much. Um, it's really fun to be at a point where uh, I can do the same for others and, and many people I don't even um, know. And I think that's one of the great powers of just social media and the internet and what we can share online. So good. Tell me about <clears throat> bring me up to speed about your current role, how you, how you got into that role. How do you, you know, how did you get into things like the power platform? What was your journey into this area of technology that you're in now? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I actually started working on Dynamics AX40 when I first started. And yeah, it, it's been a little while. And I uh, was part of a standard product team um, with a company called Junction Solutions. And so we would write software to fill in some of the gaps that the software had at that time. You know, we'd try to sell it for different industries and they'd say, well, what about this? What about this? And without those gaps kind of being filled in, it was harder um, at that time to sell this ERP system. So we really worked on filling in those gaps around call center, different um, aspects so we could sell it. And I did that for a whole bunch of years until finally, um, maybe around, I don't know, over seven years ago now, uh, we uh, Dynamics AX 2012 R3 came out. And as part of that, we actually sold um, most of that software to Microsoft. And it was a cool experience. We got to work with the Microsoft product team members to get our code into the base product. Um, and so it's one of my, you know, badges, my claim to fame of, okay, I've got some code that is now part of the D365 base product goes out to everyone. And then since that, I transitioned to uh, manage application services role, helping clients directly, more support role enhancements, um, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that kind of brings me up to speed of where I am now. Now I'm a director with RSM, RSM acquired Junction Solutions about seven years ago, um, largely for our D365 practice. And uh, we've kind of expanded from there. Um, and then I could, yeah, share a little bit about uh, our my retail journey as well. Um, at, at, you know, eventually Microsoft uh, came out with a point of sale. They acquired this point of sale system from LS Retail, and they needed some people to uh, figure out this point of sale product and, and how to use it and set it up. So I actually flew out to Atlanta, did one of those early trainings. And that's kind of a fun side story. As part of that same trip, uh, my wife's parents live in Orlando, Florida. And so I used that trip at the end of it, flew down there and actually asked them for permission to um, marry my marry my wife. So I kind of tag teamed th that trip, but that kind of got me started on retail, um, which is kind of my main focus industry now. Wow. So you know POS, um, and it w if you try to acquire POS for customers, let's say, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, it was very hard. My, it didn't seem to sit under the normal dynamic SKU set that Microsoft has. Yes, it was Dynamics 365 POS. Has that all changed now? Is that all just part of, because like it's not an area that I specialize in, but is is that just now one of the SKUs that, uh, that's available in the dynamic suite that customers can purchase? 
Yeah, so you can actually purchase it in a few different ways. You can um, purchase license for, they call it commerce now. Um, they used to kind of call it retail. And that, that word still sticks in there, retail and commerce. Um, but you can actually buy those SKUs and, and some of them can even become included for you to use the POS. Um, and, and as well, you can actually buy it separately. So you can just use uh, D365 for commerce. It allows you to set up stores and registers and prices and uh, lots of other things to be able to essentially just run the POS or now more recently, uh, the e-commerce platform. And so one of the cool things too, a few years back, uh, our client St. Michelle um, Winery, we worked with them as the first client live on Microsoft's e-commerce platform. So it's just one of these dream come trues of years and years back of having this omni-channel solution that really ties in together these different retail channels um, when, yeah, so many middle market clients just couldn't couldn't do that, right? You always had disparate systems, managing discounts and all the problems. And I, I think, thank goodness, um, just even in the last uh, two, three years, how much change and growth we've seen with our clients just around the desire to have buy online, pick up uh, in store because uh, of the pandemic. And, and so I think um, it's definitely been an exciting industry to be in. Mm-hmm. Since the pandemic is on, you know, we've seen commerce commerce platform really take off at Microsoft. Are you seeing that kind of adoption where um, the customers you're engaging with, there's a lot higher interest in the whole commerce story from Microsoft? I'm going to ask some multi-part questions. So let's answer that one first, and then I'll get into the others. Sure. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, as you can imagine, a lot of clients already have an e-commerce platform. That's kind of been a requirement for a long time. So it's definitely taken some time for some of those clients to say, okay, do we really want to move off of what we have? What are the advantages that we get? And so I think as Microsoft's continued to fill out that feature set, you're doing direct order management at stores and, and inventory availability, all these different advantages, um, that's become more and more attractive for clients to be all in. Whereas before it was like, well, okay, yes, this exists, but is it really worth migrating off the systems we have? Um, but it has been exciting as more and more clients are making that transition. What, what about the integration to things like uh, Dynamics 365 marketing, right? Because if you have any real e-commerce type story scenarios, generally you've got the marketing part of the organization driving traffic to that. And of course, that then begs the question, how integrated is that story between commerce? And then I suppose the other one is, does it have a, its own portal platform or is it using power pages as its main portal or you know because you know if you've worked with microsoft for any period of time like you have you know that there's five different products for everything right that's out there rather than a unified type um here's a product that'll you know that all stitches together what's your view it is that balance of, okay, at what point do you have too many SKUs? Do you like the flexibility or does it now make it difficult because well, we're just giving you too many options? So um, we have seen some clients with the marketing. Others have used their own third parties to you know send out those emails and, and do that lead generation. Um, but I think uh, th there's even other 
uh, components to e-commerce and, and point of sale that well, just keep getting added on uh, based on what Microsoft's releasing. So one example is CE. So D365 CE, right? That's been a system that, of course, been around for a long time. But we're starting to see more and more clients say, no, I, I have this CE platform. I want to do that for uh, storing my customers. I even want to do some direct placing of sales orders in there. So I really need um, payments to cross between CE, be able to, to take a credit card token, a authorization within CE, and then send that sales order via dual right into D365 FNSC. So that's just another example where, yep, that more and more uh, of these different SKUs are becoming integrated. And, uh, you know, as we kind of talked about before with technology, it is amazing. You just add sometimes that one little bit and that integration adds more options um, very easily. So it's just a, a little bit deciding, um, yeah, what's best for the way you do business. Tell me about your MVP journey. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I've been really blessed with some fantastic people, again, who have um, taught me a whole lot. So one of those people um, was Rachel Prophet. Um, she was an MVP for a number of years. And then um, she's now with Microsoft. Uh, and continuing to post uh, different articles and videos and doing a phenomenal job there. So she actually used to work for the company that I work for now, RSM. And so um, she definitely was someone who kind of starting started this mentoring journey of going, okay, how do I teach other people about what it means to be an MVP, what it takes to be an MVP? And one of the people or a couple of the people that she taught are still with our company, uh, Dion. Taylor and Seth Bacon. And so I continued to be mentored by Dion Taylor, who taught me a ton um, of how, how to be successful um, at training others. And I think too, right from the get-go, it wasn't about, hey, becoming an MVP. It was how do we make an impact with what we're doing? I think we spend a whole lot of time, you know, whether it's writing articles or creating videos, um, it, it really should be about how do we give back? And of course, we want good bang for our work of giving back. And then it was just that, uh, that concept I heard from another MVP earlier on, Hey, if you're, you know, if you're doing these actions and, and that comes that that's great, but it really should be about, would you be doing this even regardless of this MVP? And I think that was really crucial to remember, even when it was challenging and it was a lot of work. Um, but I really learned a lot from Dion Taylor. She eventually nominated me. And then I actually did not uh, get nominated or, or sorry, uh, a the first time I went up for MVP, they said, yeah, you're not, you're not quite there yet. And I was like, okay, that's great. And you know, that was tricky. And at the same time, I thought to myself, well, I, I still have more that I want to write about. There's a lot more that I have to share. So let's just keep going. And then I checked in with our uh, Microsoft's community uh, program m manager, Christian, um, at the time he's now uh, moved. Um, and he said, okay, we're checking it in. And um, sure enough, I, I found out out, yeah, May 1st, uh, that I, I was approved. So that was, that was really exciting. Epic. That's so good. That's so good. The best thing about being an MVP for you is what? Uh, so I think, yeah, it's, that's a tricky question. I think the thing that comes to mind just more immediately is the continued community 
So the existing MVPs have been extremely gracious and kind. You know, they just invited me into an email group and said, hey, how can we help you? How can we welcome you? Um, they've invited, you know, Nathan, Nathan Klaus has invited me to speak with him at different community summits and things like that. And I think I'm just really blown away around their kindness um, in that. And I think that's been more the immediate need. I think longer term, I've um, looking forward to being able to, um, you know, pay it forward. As you mentioned in your 90-day mentoring challenge, one of the last things of pay it forward, I'm, I'm looking forward to teaching others um, about you know, how they can give back, how they can be successful in um, just even whether it's writing blog articles or videos or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again, and see you next time.